Welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast, a podcast where we focus on real issues and have real talk, and as always, provide a biblical perspective. We hope that you will be blessed as you listen. Welcome to the Amazing Truth Podcast. This is the Amazing Truth Minute. This is the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. Our Amazing Truth Minute today will focus on the book of Proverbs, chapter 16 and verse 9. And it says, A man's heart plans his way but the Lord directs his steps. You see, it's wise to make plans and, set, and to set goals, but we must remember God is in control of every circumstance. The writer of Proverbs 16 opens with the words, The preparations of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. That's Proverbs 16 verse 1. God is interested in even the slightest details of our lives, and no plan can succeed apart from his purpose. Even our best efforts will amount to nothing without God's blessing. The psalmist echoes the words of Proverbs. And he says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. No amount of talent, skill, effort, or planning will be fruitful unless God purposes for it to succeed. Self-reliance isn't a positive attribute, God views it as sin. As we make plans, we must prayerfully consult the Lord and seek his guidance. And that is the Amazing Truth Minute. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. Awesome. Amazing, amazing, amazing. We are back. We are back at it, Ken. And are you ready? I'm ready. Ah, exciting, exciting. Listen, viewers. I was, uh, I said viewers. Listen, us, right? You're preempting, but I like <laughs> preempting, it. Preempting, right? <laughs> uh, we would like to welcome you back. I'm excited yeah. about this episode, man. It's been, ah, uh, it's Rehema, man. We've, oh, man. My friend. G- give give a shout out to her first. I think Rehema, it's, it's we, right yes, for us. Yeah, to let's in. give a shout out to Rehema for and Kezi and Kezi. Right, three episodes we did with them. Yes. Uh, first two episodes with Rehema, mm-hmm. the down and then the come up, mm-hmm. and then we looked at the perspective of a friend yep. of someone who's dealing with mental health and other issues and how as a friend we can mm-hmm. you know come together. So that was good. Shout out to Rehema. So if you haven't uh, listened to the episode. Yep. Uh, there's, there was a code in there. There was Listen. a twenty off dollar, twenty off. She is a a barber, a professional haircut, haircut stylist. Yeah, I, I don't know. You she, keep she going. Cuts, yeah, I don't yeah. know. She cuts hair. That's <laughs> right, what she, she does, right? Rehema uh, cuts LLC. That's yeah. check her out. And mm-hmm. we shout out to you, Rehema. We appreciate you. I, I, you know, amazing story, amazing feedback. Uh, just to listen to uh, what she had gone through. Mm-hmm. And how people who can relate to that, you know, they're, they're, they're looking back and they're reacting and they're giving feedback to that. So we just want to appreciate and say that uh, it is because of people like right. Rahema, mm-hmm. like Aizo, like uh, Victor, like the fa- the Vicks, you know, uh, that uh, we, are, we are getting all this amazing, amazing, amazing feedback. And yeah. today... No, no, wait, wait. 
And and for those who have reached out and have wanted to get Rehema's contact, I know yes. when we when we premiered her part two, there was someone who wanted her contacts. Yes. Our con- the contacts are there. You reach out to her if you are offering support, if you want to support her business, and if you want to have a story to tell. Yeah, there you go. Reach out to us. But anyway, there you go. It's not, never about it's us. never about it's us. Never. But we always try sometimes <laughs> to do it without knowing, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but but also also it's good it's good it's good to see you, Ken, and back again. Good to see you. Uh, well, today too. we are excited in the studio with our friend. I, I don't think he's a stranger. And not a stranger to because uh, you know most of the guests who have come here. They have come through radio, through yeah. voice. Yeah. He yeah. may came through video first. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's why that thing, that's why he said viewers. Viewers. Yeah, so yeah, <laughs> you know. So I, I I mean he's not a stranger to us. Those who have not had a chance, go to YouTube, run there quickly it's and watch fast. that video. Quick fast. Quick, quick fast. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can put a name yeah, yeah. his name to the face yeah. and, and listen to his amazing story. So we are premiering his story full blast yeah. and we're excited. But there's something before I bring the guest. Uh-huh. That has been uh, I've noticed. Yeah, our guests nowadays when they come, they come with a support system. They do. So we do have a support system. We'll we'll, we'll put we'll, him on pause. We'll put him on pause <laughs> so that he yeah. may, you know he come we in have, at the right have, time. We have, we have muted his mic. We have muted his mic. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, he might take <laughs> he over. Might, yeah. <laughs> so that's so, stay tuned to see who to know who that is. All right, let's bring our guests in. Um, we we already know you. People have seen you, but let's give you the honors to introduce yourself. Tell us your name. Tell us where you're from. Tell us why you're here and what's exciting. What's going on in your life? Take it, my brother. All right, thank you, man. Uh, my name is Duncan uh, Osoro. Uh, well, I'm originally from Kisi, and I know Kisi is a big place, but yeah. it's specifically Tibo. Okay. Um, I've been in uh, Minnesota for the last fifteen plus years now, mm-hmm. and um. Life has not been that easy, but uh, you know we're still here. Awesome! You, you awesome. are on your come up. He's on his. He's already there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he's already. He's already there. Yeah. We now want to keep going up. Oh, right. We want to keep going up. Yeah. Welcome, Duncan. Man, it's Thank it's good. This brother's taking us to his roots. <laughs> and I was I was thinking like, do you even know where yeah, that yeah, is? I, I know Tivo. I've been there. You've been there. <laughs> there's, a, there's a couple different ones. Oh, yeah, I know. I, I know the one you're talking about. <laughs> All right, let's <laughs> let's bring it on because I'm not so sure if I'm confident with no, that. No, no, yeah, I'm confident just, with yeah, the social work, but <laughs> this one, no, just take it and go. <laughs> All with right, it. but but but, but uh, listeners, we just want to tell you that Duncan has has a story to tell, yeah. an amazing story to tell. You listen to Rehema's uh, uh, podcast. We we kept on talking about our friend, our friend, and and today we're here to celebrate, but we want to hear the journey behind the celebration that has brought him this far. So I just go ahead. I don't know. Is should we start with the the, the good? No, we always start with the the low. Yeah, then at maybe we tweak when, it. Yeah, exactly. Let's tweak it. This time, let's tweak it. Let's talk about where he's been in the last few weeks. Few weeks. Yes. You know. Mm. So while, when he came to the to the live session, actually, let, yes. actually, let's go a little bit step further. Pause. Pause. <laughs> let's rewind <laughs> it a little bit. Right. Yeah. yeah. Let me say this. Izo comes to the studio, you know, popular Izo yeah. does his thing, yeah. and a lot of people who listen to his amazing story and they're inspired. And uh, all of a sudden, you know, this brother slides in our DM. Uh-huh. It's nice for brothers to, to slide, slide in our DM, DM. <laughs> 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 but they're asking for for help. Or we are talking about celebrating, right? <laughs> you know, yeah, that's DM. That's a whole different story, that's right? A whole different conversation. So I mean, he comes and he writes to us and he says, "Hey, I listened to Izo's story, and uh, man, that mm. was powerful." And starts sharing his story, and that's yeah. how we get connected. But but I personally had known him before, but but that's when we actually got really to connect and, and have that conversation. And we picked that call, mm-hmm. we spoke to yes, him, yep. and he had a story to tell. 
But at that time when we picked the call, our friend was should I say homeless? Is is that Yeah, that's, uh, yeah. that's the best way to That's the best way to describe it, right? Way to describe legally it. homeless. Legally yeah. homeless. I mean, legally homeless. Because when you are you are in a shelter at that time and when you're shelter you're considered Yeah, you're homeless. homeless. Yeah. But we're here to begin with this say that he he's is not homeless homo- anymore. Ah, my friend, man. he has his I own place. I wish we had a he has an I address, wish, right? I wish you had a drum roll, man. I'm oh, telling yeah. you. I'm th- so let me pause and say shout out to everyone oh, who yes. sent something to us. Mm-hmm. You know, if we want to start on the high note, we went out and did some, you know, good stuff and uh, settled our brother in his own yeah, uh, place guys, now. Yeah. Uh, so he has a place an address that you can you know you can mail him some amazon gifts or anything you have yeah. you know uh, so we excited to say that yeah, uh, we're celebrating I'm, man i'm yeah. really been i'm really been uh it's, it's been uh, quite an experience you mm-hmm. know and i i personally wanted to thank everybody that came out and helped uh, mm-hmm. whether it was financially or even mm-hmm. if it was just prayers mm-hmm. uh it was a good way you know it it don't seem like a whole big deal to some people mm-hmm. but when you've been homeless mm-hmm. you've lived with nothing mm-hmm. or less mm-hmm. to go to the point where you have your own place you have a key mm-hmm. you can go home <laughs> afterward you know you don't have to be waiting on the hallway yeah. to yes. get in and mm-hmm. uh, be able to cook whatever mm-hmm. i want to cook uh-huh. you know uh-huh. so it's been it's been amazing the last couple so of years. yeah he um one thing that struck me with Duncan, he's, he was he wasn't afraid of sharing. When we reached no, out to him, no. he said, "I'm gonna do it." Exactly. So we did the live. He told it briefly. He told us his story briefly, mm-hmm. and then we reached out for help. And then he, we moved him on Sunday. He's in his place now. He has he's working. Yep. And then so we want to know how did you get there? Get there. That's yes. that. How did you get to where you're homeless? And so that's that's how the conversation will go. Let's you, start. You've done a good job I, there. <laughs> I give you a high five <laughs> on that. <laughs> But anyways, we're just yeah, having a yeah. good time. No, I, yeah. I I like the way Ken and you did that. You know, you 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 brought it mm-hmm. back home. So Duncan, yes. let's let's how do we end up there? So pause, take a seat. Now let's begin the journey so that we will conclude back to where we have started from. Yeah. So you relocated here. How old were you when you moved here? And um how was that experience of moving? How did you settle in? How was that? Uh, I moved here when I was 20. I was about to be 21 years old. Okay. So when I I moved from straight from Kenya mm-hmm. here and and when I, uh, when I when I speak of Kenya, you know some people were raised in cities and mm-hmm. all that. I was raised in a suburb in in a village. In the village. You know, yeah. so I went to primary school in a village. I went to high school still within Kisi. Mm-hmm. Um And then I had gone to a teachers college briefly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The green card I applied for was before my last year in high school. Mm-hmm. So when I moved to here I didn't have a relative or a family member or anything like mm-hmm. that. So it was basically living with people that knew people. Mm-hmm. And uh the person that I was expecting to stay with they had a um, number of people in the house so mm-hmm. I got moved to stay with somebody else. Mm-hmm. And that was uh it was a hard transition to just go from being basically in when you back in Kenya you don't work you you in college or in high school you don't mm-hmm. work like people mm-hmm. do here mm-hmm. so it was different mm-hmm. for me and having to have all those responsibilities and uh to deal with the family back home for one I grew up in a very poor family mm-hmm. you know like even to come here was like almost a type of a miracle mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um so uh like I told you before on the phone um I lost my father a long time ago when mm-hmm. I was little 95 so mm-hmm. it was just my mom How old were you when your father passed? Uh I was about 10. Mm-hmm. How many siblings do you have? I have an older brother Frank and okay. uh, my younger sister Agnes. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
so it was a it was up to my mom to raise all three of us mm-hmm. so which was a very hard thing for a woman my mom didn't have much education mm-hmm. she uh she dropped out of school on uh, like 10th grade form mm-hmm. two yeah so because she had my brother by then so mm-hmm. his um it was a struggle for her to raise all three of us. She mm-hmm. worked pretty much all day. She was gone pretty much all day. She's to the markets, selling A, B, Z, D. Mm-hmm. And then come back later, she's tired. So it was mostly my brother. My brother is like six years older than me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he raised us pretty much. Uh, so my mom would live us at home and my brother would do everything just to make sure that we eat and we go to school and things like that. So moving here was a whole different experience. Um, and... Uh, I had started drinking when I was in high school, mm-hmm. but it wasn't that much because mm-hmm. when you're in high school, you don't have a whole much, a lot mm-hmm. of money. So we'll drink here and there whenever we went for sports and mm-hmm. things like that. And mm-hmm. Once in a while, mm-hmm. which wasn't a big deal. Mm-hmm. I'll go two, three months without mm-hmm. a drink mm-hmm. and I was fine. Mm-hmm. But when I moved here, mm-hmm. of all that stress, being away from the family, not knowing how they're doing, not being able to support them right away. Because mm-hmm. you know how people be expecting when you go to America, you mm-hmm. land mm-hmm. of money. Mm-hmm. So there were so much expectations of what I was supposed to do. Mm-hmm and you know and b so that stress alone you know dropped me into drinking i started out just drinking Mm -hmm. like i'll drink after work uh, or on the weekends when i'm you know off work or whatever Mm -hmm. uh, until it became a problem where i had to Mm -hmm. drink you know there's a difference some people can just drink socially but Mm -hmm. i had got to the point where I had to drink. Mm-hmm. So this is this is when you were here, right? Yes. Now, I want to go back. A yeah. Little bit. Go Let's go back, 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 back. When you said your father died when you were young, mm-hmm. and your brother raised you, how, how did it make a difference to grow up without a father, and in, in how it shaped your choices in your life? I, I, I think if I can add to that question, yeah. I'm just adding to that question. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> I'm just adding that yeah. now hindsight, when you look back as yeah. a grown up, wow. how would you react to Kenan's question there? Mm-hmm. It it. It does. A lot of us don't see that, mm-hmm. but it does. It does create a lot of issues, especially for uh, for a, for a kid, for a boy to grow up without a father, because mm-hmm. you do for for a boy, you need that guidance of a father. Mm-hmm. And as much as we don't think that's that's uh, that it affects our children, they do look at mm-hmm. what is dad doing, mm-hmm. what is he not doing, mm-hmm. and they grow up knowing that. And not having that in my life, it did affect me. I didn't see it that way yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. while I was growing up because it almost became a normal thing because mm-hmm. you don't have a father, you don't have a father. Mm-hmm. But I can see how that affected and shaped me in a way. Because mm-hmm. being raised by my brother, my brother was kind of abusive. Like, he'll be told to do ABCD, and then he'll put it on me. <laughs> so my sister was younger than me. <laughs> so, <laughs> she couldn't right. do much. So, so he himself, he's trying to, he's growing up. Right. So And, and the, the role of a father hasn't been placed on him directly. Mm-hmm. So right. he's just, yeah. There's So even though there's an older brother, yes. he's not raising you as a dad. Yeah. No, it's just, it's he's just being an older brother. brother. Just yeah. being an older he's all being an older yeah. brother. Yeah. So, so uh, 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 Duncan, you 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 say that. Take us back to relocating to this country, yeah. you know, and saying that you know you say it is the first time you're coming. You you you've never lived in a big city. You've come to the U.S. It's not that you're coming to relatives. Mm-hmm. You're you're staying with people who know people. Mm-hmm. How was that experience for you? Like, what was that like for you? If you can, what? Well, yeah. 
you know that you know that was a, a very different experience because most like I said I've lived pretty much at home mm-hmm. with my mom even mm-hmm. though she was gone most of the day like I would get to see her in the evening or on the weekends we'll go to church uh, mm-hmm. I was raised as a seven day Adventist so mm-hmm. we'd go to church together and things like that um but moving here was different now you know you a whole different country mm-hmm. with people that you don't really know mm-hmm. the only thing you know is about their names as far as you know i didn't even know where they were from mm-hmm. they, they were kisses of course mm-hmm. but you don't know where they are from or the, you know back home it was different it was difficult to even ask for certain things that mm-hmm. you know were basic needs that mm-hmm. are needed at mm-hmm. the time because mm-hmm. and, and 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 you know there's that uh kind of way people tell you like oh you don't even need to bring no clothes or nothing just uh, just just, <laughs> just, just come on <laughs> we, we, we provide you all these things you know it's, it's rosy they yeah say. <laughs> and, and until you get here yeah, and it, yeah. it it's like oh hello i need all these things but yeah. now it's like everybody either they forget about it or mm-hmm. they're too busy with their life to even remember that they promised their bzd mm-hmm. Or they just simply don't care. I don't know. I can I can't yeah. say for them. Yeah. So it was just like, okay, here you are, you know, starting figuring out how to get a job, and then once you get a job, how do you get to and from work? And mm-hmm. who's who's telling you this? Who's telling you look for a job? You need to settle. Who's are you figuring this out on your own? Uh, well, you get that uh, first day lecture, like, oh, now you can, uh, uh, you know, you can get a job. That's how I looked at Only it. Lecture, <laughs> orientation, you, yeah. Yeah, kind of orientation. Uh-huh. Like now, you can, you know, you can work. You can go to school. Uh, you can do a B C D, and then uh, you know, you basically left just to figure that out yeah. mm-hmm. with you know and mm-hmm. then you know i was of course introduced to a few other um people that are either were related to them or mm-hmm. were friends to the family and mm-hmm. things like that so i kind of knew a little bit about a few other people like mm-hmm. i'll call them here and there sometimes to give me a ride you know, to work or things like that and mm-hmm. um you know so but it was a it was a very different experience in on itself and uh you know sometimes and that's what i wish like if i ever have to support somebody to come here or i want anybody to live in my house it's experience that i would never want them to go through mm-hmm. because when somebody come moves here they don't have no money on their pocket they mm-hmm. don't have and i've even close to change and things like that somebody has to provide that to mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. you know least, somebody needs to start, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it'll be a good step just telling somebody that you can go get a job you can go to school that mm-hmm. alone is not you have to actually give them those resources mm-hmm. you have mm-hmm. to tell them where to go get yeah. a job you have to take them to where to get a job or you have to show them how to get there on a bus and things like that so mm-hmm. those are some of the mm-hmm. little things that you really the unspoken which you never told yeah that you never told about it but uh, that affected me right away as soon mm-hmm. as i got here and uh, the guy i stayed with uh he was alcoholic so i don't know if he knows if or not but uh, no. but you know that's how we ended up i ended up just drinking and drinking because mm-hmm. that was like a thing after work okay let's drink it's weekend we have free time let's drink so mm-hmm. It became so that that was the environment that you are right. you find yourself. You, yes. you, you you always say this um, that when you come to the states, mm-hmm. where you land, D- where you settle, dictates how your life. And I yes. see that. And one thing that's striking also is that if you know that he, when he came, he said he was drinking in high school. Yes. So when he comes, our friend Izo had to, you know, he was teetering, twenty one, nice, yep, yep. I can drink. But for him, mm-hmm. he's coming, and the environment is 
friendly, exactly. quote unquote. Yes. So it's easy for him to yep. take that battle and mm-hmm. drink. So it, 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 it seems like you walk into a, almost a perfect storm. Right. Like, yeah. you know, you yeah. walk perfect. Let, let me ask follow up question, Danko. Um, in these, when if you look back, would you say that you struggled to even ask for help uh-huh. when you look at yourself? I've, because uh, sometimes we can put it on the other person, yeah. but sometimes our pride as human beings, yeah. our yeah. ego sometimes does not allow us even to ask for help. Yeah. Would you say that when you look back, there could have been, you know, that? I, I believe so. Like, uh, I've, I think I said this the last time we were uh, live. Uh, I think I have a an ego just like every other person. Mm-hmm. Um, I wasn't able to, I didn't allow myself to ask for help mm-hmm. even when I knew like I really needed help. Mm-hmm. I figured like, yeah, you're a grown man. Because I got here a few weeks later, I turned 21. Yeah. So legally, you know, you're a grown man. <laughs> and like, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm going to figure thi- I'm gonna figure these things out by myself. Yeah. And then that way, nobody's going to come and tell me like, hey, I helped you with this. I did this yeah. for you. I did this for you. But that was, that was a mistake because I think we all do need help in one way or the other. Mm-hmm. Is uh, extending uh, or asking for help mm-hmm. is is yeah. big problem, and that's and that's something I haven't been able to do for a long time that I wasn't able to, and that's why I say like I don't mind sharing my story, and yes. I don't mind asking for help because mm-hmm. I need it. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. when you need it, you need it. Yes. That you mm-hmm. can pretend that you don't, yep. and then it's just gonna keep hitting on you, and then you know you. And you know, let me, if you look at it, Ezra too, yeah. he's coming into a house where. There's people are living their lives, and you know, as you know, in America, even when you say he needs, he needed to ask for help. Mm-hmm. Like it, maybe that that person is busy enough not to notice that this guy needs. Because we in America, it's a, it's a. If everyone you don't know, is busy. Everyone yeah. is busy. Everybody's yeah. running around, so it's hard for someone to stop and say, "Oh, Ezra needs help." It's yeah. hard. So, but but again, Kenan, yeah, I want there's someone right now mm-hmm. who just relocated. Right. There's someone right now yeah. who's being hosted. Right. This becomes the, the story of that's many of us. Exactly. I think mm-hmm. if I look yeah. back, my story coming to this country, it's not far from him in terms of asking for help. I mean, we came here. We are, you know, we are big family. We came seven of us. How do you ask help for seven, for seven people, people? Right. That's right. right. yeah. true. But yeah. so, and your father and your mother, you know, all yeah. that. But but I think also as we progress in this story, I'm just trying to wonder: Did that aspect mm-hmm. of not asking for help? Yeah you know, carry on Down into other yep. aspects of life because yep, there are people right now who are listening mm-hmm. and they need help, yeah. but they can't ask they help can't even ask. for the small things. Yep. So what happens? The, the environment isn't friendly enough to even ask for help. Yep. So the yeah. environment can be unfriendly. Yeah. Um, and uh, like you were saying, Ken, and, uh, some it, the life, life here is very busy. Mm-hmm. Um, people are always in and out their homes. Mm-hmm. People are always at work, school, mm-hmm. or whatever they got going on. Yeah. So, Sometimes it's hard for somebody else to actually see yeah. what somebody else is struggling with. Yeah. So I would not put all the blame on yeah. the mm-hmm. person. Mm-hmm. I should have asked, like, hey, I need help with yeah. A, B, Z, D. But mm-hmm. I didn't. So yeah. was my pride was like, uh, yeah. you know, just just, just figure it out. Yeah. You know? like, I remember there was times I'll get off work, like, at 11. Mm-hmm. And I had to walk, and uh, we lived in Coonerabbies for a while, and we mm-hmm. had to walk all the way from Anoka mm-hmm. on the highway, pretty much walking on the side mm-hmm. just to get home mm-hmm. because, oh. you know, whatever yeah. reason. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's it's hard to ask for help, yeah. but like when you really need help, uh, I would encourage anybody that is listening that you do need to ask help because sometimes people are not gonna 
know what you're struggling with mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. just yeah. because uh especially with the social media these days everything we put on social media is on how our good our lives are mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't mm-hmm. put the ugly on yeah. there mm-hmm. uh, you know when you see a picture of me on social media sometimes it'd be me looking fly <laughs> but mm-hmm. you don't know that during the week i'm all mm-hmm. dirty and all this yep. we don't mm-hmm. We don't yeah. show that part of our life. And, and asking for help, it doesn't have to. Ask. You don't have to ask the person that you're living. Maybe yeah. right, right. there's other ways which you've highlighted. You can there's texts. Mm-hmm. You can call there's yeah. calls for help. You can mm-hmm. do that. So it's a principle. It's a principle of being vulnerable. Yeah. and finding the right place yeah. to being vulnerable. So so Danko, we, we we keep on building. So you've moved. You've relocated. You're here. You know. So you you're at this phase and this stage of your life where you are struggling in terms of. Uh, you know settling in you get yourself in a state and a place where you start you know drinking you know how how is that how how does that transition build on how does just walk us a little bit into that before we go to our break so what it started though is i started out like you know who be a beer or two mm-hmm. after work mm-hmm. and then um uh, i think it went to where like we I would want to drink more, mm-hmm. you know, and then uh, we'll go out, say, on Friday or Saturday, we'll go out to the bar. Mm-hmm. Back then when Blondis was open, mm-hmm. <laughs> so we'll go hang out mm-hmm. there. Mm-hmm. Um, and that kept going for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but And one of the reasons is, like, um, one of the guys I drunk with, actually, uh, he still drinks, but is moderate like he's not alcoholic. Yeah. For mm-hmm. me, I, pref- I, I, I call myself alcoholic because I don't know when to stop mm-hmm. or when it's enough it's enough and unless I either go to jail mm-hmm. pass out or I run out of money mm-hmm. some people know how to control that yeah they can drink one beer and go to bed but mm-hmm. I wasn't able to do that mm-hmm. um I ran I, I learned how to just drink every day pretty much and if whenever I was not at work mm-hmm. I was I would be drinking. Mm-hmm. I wake up in the morning. I got to the point where I wake up in the morning mm-hmm. and I drink some before I go to work. Okay. Which is a problem mm-hmm. on itself. You cannot be drinking before you go to work. Yeah. You know, which is a whole lot another story. But uh, mm-hmm. so it started slowly and then it progressed to the point where I was not able to uh control my drinking mm-hmm. and uh uh, you know, so I lost a couple of jobs for that because I'll call in or mm-hmm. show up late or, mm-hmm. you know, and things like that. So so this starts becoming um, uh, a problem. Did you ever pause at that moment? To, did you realize at that moment that this was starting to become a problem? By the time I realized that it was a problem, mm. I would say it was almost too late. Okay. Like, so it had to take something else or took, a situation. It took a lot of things. A lot of a things lot of for things. you to realize that this is mm-hmm. this is not normal. This is not okay. Right. Because I remember the first time I got a first DUI, uh-huh. I stopped drinking for a while. Okay. Like, so this, this is a problem. Yeah, yeah I think so. It <laughs> went like the problem. How? I mean, how, I want us to unpack. That. How do you know it's a problem? Yes. I mean, maybe drinking at eight a.m. Okay. Is a sign, for, but to yeah. some people, that's not. That's not a problem right. for some people. So how did you think, it, how did you it, know it, it was a problem? To know that alcohol is a problem, for especially for me, yeah. to know by the time I knew it was a problem, is like I wanted to drink as much as I could mm-hmm. all the time if I could. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. I wanted to be 
Drinking in the morning, mm-hmm. I wanted to drink in the afternoon, I wanted to drink in the evening, I wanted to drink at night. Like, I wanted to drink at any time I wasn't even at work. Even when I was at work, I'd be thinking about, hey, I'm going to stop at this liquor store, mm-hmm. I'm going to get this and this, or should I get this and mix this with this? Because I'd got to the point where I couldn't even drink beer anymore. I mm-hmm. wanted something stronger to mm-hmm. get me on the same level that I was yesterday. So I'll be at work, but I'm still planning on how I'm going to get my drinks from where, which one is better than the other. I'm looking at the prices. So for somebody to know that it's a problem is like when you're putting too much of your time mm. on either planning on or just thinking about it or mm-hmm. just spending time drinking. And then you look at other things that that is drinking is affecting, how it's affecting your life. Like you getting fired from work because you call in so mm-hmm. many times mm-hmm. or you show up late because you were not able to get up on time. Um, when you're not able to take care of other responsibilities, that um, I go out to AA, so they say the first step of AA is uh, when your life becomes unmanageable. <laughs> you know, when you cannot even put up your clothes yeah. after you wash them. I, so. I think I think we're going to come to AA. Some of us will say AA, we start creating acronyms in our heads. I want to so, know, though, what was it? What what were you uh, trying to run away from? That's or trying to yes, because yeah, I think it's when you went when you, if you're walking coming from work and you're going to a liquor store to buy and you feel like you wanted it. What were you? What was, were you was, trying to mask? Would you consider yeah. it as social? Was there something that underlying underlying condition that, you, yeah. that was making you you know most, crave it? Most of the time, there was always uh, an underlying issue, mm-hmm. and most of people that are addicted to something, mm. there's always an underlying. Uh, issue of mm-hmm. uh, for uh, my case it was uh, you know boredom, mm-hmm. loneliness sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, a lot of I had a lot of issues, th- mm-hmm. personal issues mm-hmm. that I wasn't able to address. Mm-hmm. So when I'm drunk or when I'm drinking, unfortunately or fortunately enough, that alcohol take away that pain mm-hmm. for that moment. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that I'm going to wake up the next morning and I have the same problems mm-hmm. or even more sometimes. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> that uh, that alone mm-hmm. will push me back to like, hey, we should go back and drink a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Maybe it will keep us for a while, but mm-hmm. then... I started creating more problems for myself, and then that was why I say, like, when the when the legal issues stuffs coming in and yeah. all that, and so it's so w- a big mess. W- we want to go for break, but I want you to react to this question, and then we go for break. Yeah, you are. What will you tell yourself at twenty one? Mm-hmm. At that I stage, yeah. talk to someone who's that stage. Oh. What will you tell them? And then after that, we go for break, and then we'll come back. Yeah. A lot of things I would love to. I wish I could go back there, but I know I won't. <laughs> um, but it would be uh, it'd be nice to go back to 21 and have the knowledge that I have today. Mm-hmm. Uh, I will, the only thing I'll tell somebody that is 21 uh, who's listening is like, uh, as 21, as much as young you think you are, you're a grown person, you can make better decisions and don't choose the easy way out of life. Mm-hmm. It's better to address your problems right on mm-hmm. right away instead of just pushing them to tomorrow or next week or next year mm-hmm. if it's a problem it's much better dealt with today mm-hmm. 
if it happened today instead of next week or next month because it becomes some different by and then you probably won't even have time to think about it because there'll be another problem mm-hmm. and then that adds up into what can lead into like depression and i know that's one of the things i don't want to talk so much about it mm-hmm. but I, I actually i ended up uh being diagnosed to, uh, with depression mm-hmm. you know um, which yeah. is a clinical term they use but that really um after a while stress can turn into depression okay so if you're listening there you have it deal with your issues don't run away from them mm-hmm. find the right way the right place to deal with the canon let's take a break let's take a break but unless we want us to vote no no <laughs> okay. let's, take <laughs> let's take a break we'll be right back after the break Right there, you have it, my friend. Uh, we are here on this break, and Kenan, I yeah. think there's something <coughs> we need to do for the listeners. Yes, let's. You, uh, you know, the listeners. We we we. They, this is not just a place where we come and talk, right? We said we'll do something after that. Yeah. So I want to invite our good friend here uh, to tell us what's going on, how he's been since we last saw him here, yeah. and let the listeners enjoy and serenade in his deep voice deep, deep, that you're about to hear. <laughs> All right, take it, my brother. Tell us uh, uh, how you? you've been. Who are you? Have you been? How has it been going so far? Uh, thank you uh, for the opportunity to be here again to support my brother Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, today is his day, but I came in for moral support. Who, well, who are you? Who are you? Oh, <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Uh, my name is Isaiah Mongombe. Aizo. Aizo is what everybody calls me. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a podcast earlier. I shared mm-hmm. my story about substance abuse, mm-hmm. and um, I can share it. With anybody on the private, because I think my airtime was done then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> How have you been time. since then? Uh, I've been okay. Um, I've heard a lot of, um, you know, feed feedback mm-hmm. from everybody, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, ranging ages. Awesome. Yeah. So we're doing something, Izo. Mm-hmm. Since after your podcast and yeah. Victor's podcast, we started something. Uh, can you talk a little bit about it for anyone else who's out there who's listening? What have you been doing? What have we been doing? So. Well, what we've been doing is uh, we actually created a safe space. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we catch up every Friday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do have a Zoom. Mm-hmm. And um, how are we going to share the details? Um, we'll put the details we'll on the, the website. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Facebook, Instagram, everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll put the details on the Instagram and the Facebook. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what we basically do is um, we catch up on on friday and we 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 get to share so it's a place where you're free because first you know it's confidential you're Mm -hmm. free to share how your week was Mm -hmm. and we talk about how can we help Mm -hmm. what is it that you're dealing with Mm -hmm. what problem are you having that Mm -hmm. we can help amazing yeah so we do the that the highs and lows. The highs uh-huh. and lows, yeah. And then we 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 center it on prayer. Yes. Let's not forget that mm-hmm. we center yeah. it on prayer. Mm-hmm. We we invite so safe space. You keep talking about safe space. So yes. we there, you come there, you just share your story. Don't even share a story. Tell us who you are. If you have your if you're struggling with something, we can help. And we can point you to someone. And you don't have to share your story. You don't have to share your story. You just come and be in the presence of people who are sharing their stories and just catch up. So I just want to give shout out to Aizo and Victor and Duncan. Mm -hmm. Uh, This is, of course, virtual, but once a month, Mm -hmm. we're we're going to be doing it where it's open space in person where we just come and talk. So stay tuned for a virtual. But Aizo, keep leading, keep guiding, keep doing your thing. We're proud of you. Yes. Proud of Duncan. Proud of Victor. I know... uh, 
we, we need to go back to Duncan's story. But yeah. as we go back to the Duncan story, I want to say this, that I, I know these guys, Kenan and I are working on it, but they've started running Sundays morning. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is, it's a thing yeah. now. To stay safe <laughs> and stay sane guy. and do that. So uh, uh, so please pray for Kenan and I to get to that bandwagon. <laughs> but we're there. We are there. We are All there. right. Thank you so much. That is our time. This is the Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, and Stitcher. Like us on Facebook at The Amazing Truth Podcast. The Amazing Truth Podcast. Real issues, real talk. Welcome, welcome back. Thank you for that and for those details, we'll share them uh, on our pages. So we're back to Duncan. Now we are there. Now we've you've you're into. Um, substance abuse you are you are you are you call yourself an alcoholic you are regularly and consistently drinking at this point you say that you are there's some things you're trying to escape from loneliness boredom you know and some other personal issues so you are uh, this is around about 21 ish 22 mid 20s let's say mid 20s so where does it go from there you're drinking regularly morning you wake up go from work you take go to the liquor so where does it go from now but from there, there from so now. from there, uh, mostly you know, like if you're drinking that much, uh, especially with the driving here. <laughs> first thing that happened is I got a DUI, and then you know now I started dealing with the codes. Uh, so you have all these people telling you this is what to do, this is what you can do, and all this. Um, so it, how old were you when you got your DUI? Walk us through that experience of your first uh, DUI. I think the first I was like twenty. Two now or mm. twenty three somewhere mm-hmm. around there, mm-hmm. and then that experience scared me because I've never been in jail before. Mm-hmm. And that was the first time I ever been. I was in jail. Uh, I was in uh, Noka County, mm-hmm. and I'm in jail, scared as hell. Mm-hmm. You know, from the videos and movies you see about jail, so mm-hmm. I'm over there, very scared, and not really scared the hell out of me. Excuse my language, but but that scared me a lot. Mm-hmm. So um, I was there for three days. Mm-hmm. And then I was let out. They told me I had to do a bunch of hours on the community. Who 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 bailed you out? Mm-hmm. I didn't get bailed out. Um, nobody did. Mm-hmm. I was I was I had to. I was arrested. I think on a Friday night. And then I stayed there until Monday morning. Um, I had to go to court. And then when you go to court, you know, because it was the first time. Mm-hmm. Um, the first DUI. Basically, they let me out and they told me I had to do eight hours class. Uh, I had to do some community service and things like that, and then pay the fines. Uh, so, and that's where the concept of loneliness now. There's, there's no one right. to bail you and, out. You're in there alone. Did you have friends? Yeah. Would you say you had a circle of friends? Because you came here, you didn't have family. Yeah. Did you I say didn't you had a circle? have family, and I would say, unfortunately, I never met friends. Mm-hmm. People, I can, you know, the word friends is loosely used yeah. these days mm-hmm. just because you know somebody's name doesn't mean they're your friend yeah. <laughs> you know just because you sit down and drink with somebody mm-hmm. don't mean they're your friend because yeah. i remember calling a bunch of people that i've had drinks with and mm-hmm. nobody picked up the phone mm-hmm. you know and that upset me back then mm-hmm. but then after that that's when i was like i probably don't have friends so mm-hmm. i shouldn't even talk about friends mm-hmm. now and by and then I'd got to the point where it didn't matter if I was drinking by myself or with somebody. Mm-hmm. So if I drank by myself, it was better because I'll have much 
to drink by myself. <laughs> you know, I don't have enough to drink by myself. Instead of, you know, uh-huh. buying out the people drinks that are not going to bail me out of jail or anything. So I'm like, yeah. hey, more for me, you yeah. know. So that uh, um, that experience really was the first time that it really it dropped me to where, like, I, I don't really need friends, friends or people that print to be friends, but they're not. So mm-hmm. I might as well just, you know, drink by myself. Or if we meet up at the bar, I'll, I'll say hello and I was there and, mm-hmm. you know, so I had started isolating myself most of the time. I didn't want to hang out with a lot of people there because I felt like nobody really cared and mm-hmm. nobody, you know, was on my side. So it's much better to be alone. That way I don't have to expect anything. If I don't expect anything, then I won't be disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so it was, you know, that was my way of thinking. But, um, you know, that's when I had, um, so after I got put on probation, so now I had to do with the pretheritis and they had those random because I was put on a, uh, on a, uh, what they call uh, DUI coats. They they give you a color, mm-hmm. say blue or red, whenever. So you have to call the county every morning, Monday through Friday. To find, to find out what color you are. Yeah, so if yeah. you call this number and they say it's, uh, today's <laughs> color is blue. Help me with colors. <laughs> what are you talking about? Yeah, um. so it's, uh, it's a thing the county uses. So they give you a color. Uh-huh. And every day it's assigned. They have about, I think, four or five different colors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they have white, blue, green, red, and purple. Purple, I think, yeah. So... So if you why get to say blue, uh, the fact that you're a social worker, you know this. But yeah. I have to so remember that you're a social worker. <laughs> yeah, what what, what they want that. is yeah. to they want to make sure that you can call every morning, uh-huh. and they to just to make it's like a like a electronic GPS, so, right, so right. to speak. So they know where you are that morning. You call. So when they say okay, so the color means if it the, today's color is purple. If you're on a purple, you have to go in and do a UA. Or you have to oh, to submit yeah. your your UA. So if it's yellow, so then they assign different colors different days. So, so, okay. yeah. so make sure they make sure you don't drink. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So kind of tough. and and the things like that county thing, it can pack it can date back to like up to seven days. Yes. Yeah. If you drink today, seven days from today, mm-hmm. there won't be no alcohol in your system, actual mm-hmm. alcohol, but some particles of alcohol will be in your system. It will show mm-hmm. that there was some part of alcohol in mm-hmm. your system. Mm-hmm seven days ago okay and it's, it's pretty good so uh i was on that so i violated a couple of times mm-hmm. um but basically they sent me back to doing treatment and things like that but then uh, you know that's when like i told you before that's when somebody else i uh, met somebody else and he was like you know there's something you can mm. use to get the same feeling or if not better mm. than that if you still got to do the u.s okay Right, so you are your DUI probation. You violate your probation. They send you to treatment. Do you do you actually f- go to treatment and finish treatment, or how did that go? I did go to treatment. I went to Park Avenue. Mm-hmm. Um, I was supposed to be there for twenty eight days. Mm-hmm. You do an uh, inpatient treatment. You do twenty eight days, mm-hmm. and then after that, you go to what they call have um, uh. aftercare. Mm-hmm. But I didn't complete the treatment. Okay. There for about five days. I didn't like it, so I left. Mm. And that was another violation. Mm-hmm. So they sent me to um, uh, the workhouse. Mm-hmm. Uh, I had to do like 17 days, I think it was. Or 21 days. Mm-hmm. 21 days. Um, that's the workhouse in Primus. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I was there for like 21 days. And then, uh, so after that, 21 days, they let me out. But I wasn't, they didn't put me back on the collar or anything. Mm-hmm. So they let me out mm-hmm. because I basically served the time. Mm-hmm. They didn't see the need to follow me around. They put me on just unsupervised mm-hmm. probation. And supervised probation is like unless you get in trouble, mm-hmm. that's the only time you have to deal with them. Okay. So but if you don't get in trouble, wow. So so Duncan, y- you you, this is alcohol that is taking you all these circles. It's making you violate one after the other. It pretty much, Rose and you, <laughs> as long yeah. as you get alcohol, <laughs> you don't put those in the same name. No, it's <laughs> the not same the same WhatsApp group. <laughs> it's a subgroup. They're not, they're not, not the, the same, same WhatsApp, WhatsApp group. <laughs> so now, 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 did you, did you manage to figure out how to keep yourself going through this because you have a, a, a alcohol problem? How do you sustain that life? I think you mentioned that you were introduced to something else. Mm-hmm. So what what is this? So if I get you correctly, you're introduced to another drug that is not found in the system. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Right, right. That's okay. the that's the K two. Okay, um, and it's, it, it, you know, yeah, it's synthetic marijuana. <laughs> but uh, what is it is basically it, it's not detectable. If you go take a drug test mm-hmm. or anything, mm-hmm. you cannot detect it because yes. it's not the same. Mm-hmm every time mm-hmm. most of it's like these days it comes from china and stuff like that so it's mixed with different things that somehow roots their mm-hmm. their drug testing yeah so that's when i um i first started smoking that and i fell in love with it like I have an addictive behavior personality mm-hmm. if you can say mm-hmm. like anything i've tried mm-hmm. i pretty much got addicted to it i started smoking a cigarette mm-hmm. <laughs> just out of fun because i was drunk mm-hmm. and i got addicted to smoking mm-hmm. you know um so at this time mm-hmm. since i wasn't able to drink mm-hmm. in between that time i started smoking k2 mm-hmm. and that i could still i can still get high mm-hmm. and not have to deal with uh with the failing U.S. and all and of that, so so, so, so can so I? Yeah, ca- I know you want to. Yeah, I I want to. S- we we like we we'll put a caveat that there. Mm-hmm. We're not condoning or um, advocating for K two, but I just want to read something. K two, it's a commonly used drug mm-hmm. at, at this age, at this mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. But some of the dangers of it are confusion, hallucinations, mm-hmm. extreme cases of anxiety and paranoia. Mm-hmm. And then violent behavior. People mm-hmm. that use it mm-hmm. have violent behavior, increased heart rates. You know, mm-hmm. your yeah, heart, yeah, yeah. Like, suicidal tendencies, repeated vomiting. So, yeah. in as much as it's not detected in the system, mm-hmm. whatever it does to you is worse. Right. Yeah. It has a lot of. So, so Kenneth, Kenneth, you're reading those things, and I'm listening to Duncan here, yeah. and I'm asking myself. What is this that is getting Duncan to a place that he will do anything and everything yeah. to, to stay high? There's a deeper problem mm-hmm. that is, you know, making my, my brother here to say, you know what, okay, I'm going to go to that extent of, of, you know, doing something else that's going to, yeah. And know. if you look at it as, I think it comes even from, from Kenya. Yes. From, from dad dying yes. all the way it started so, there. So what so is, yeah. There's a lot of things yeah. relocating, coming at mm. this age mm-hmm. and all stuff that are underlying. Because yeah. sometimes Duncan, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, as young people, especially we look at social media and we see people posting photos and we see them having a good time. Right. But we don't know that that's their way of hiding deeper problems that uh, they have. Most of the time, yeah. So for us, we want that good time yeah. 
but there is underlying issues that they have not dealt mm-hmm. with. But you don't have any underlying issues, but you want that life. Yeah. You, you you can say that. Uh, one of the things I've learned about uh, humans or myself, I can say I'm going to speak to, for myself. It's like, um, like I said, I do have an addictive personality, mm-hmm. um, and at this time, mm-hmm. I'm an alcoholic. And to understand me better, mm-hmm. like one of some of the things I've learned uh, in life, because I've been in treatment. I'm in treatment right now. Mm-hmm up for drugs and, and alcohol. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things I've learned is like, we make the first choice to drink or mm-hmm. try anything. Mm-hmm. But after a while, once your body gets into it, you really don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. It becomes like food for everybody else. Mm-hmm. You want to eat because mm-hmm. you're hungry. Yes. So you get that hunger to get that high mm-hmm. every day. So mm-hmm. it pushes you to the limit, like, hey, I'm going to do anything. I don't care if it's raining or if it's, you know, whatever is going on. I'm going to get what I want at this time because my body wants it. Yep. It becomes, you know, and, and of course, they, 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 there's always a lot of underlying issues, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then time becomes of an essence, even though you're wasting a lot of time yeah. and your life away, mm-hmm. you're literally looking at these other things like, you know, uh, like I said, there was a lot of expectations, say, from my family. Like, they had expected me to do all these things, you mm-hmm. know. By this yeah. time, I've dropped out of school because mm. um, I wasn't able to make to school when yeah. I'm supposed to. So yeah. I failed, literally, mm. and I dropped out of school. Um, I'm not, you know, I've lost some of the good jobs I've ever had. Mm. Uh, you know, now I'm like, okay, what else is there to do? So now I'm moving like I said, I removed myself from some of, say, like some of the Kenyan people I've known or mm-hmm. lived with in the past. Mm-hmm. So now I'm living in Minneapolis and I have a whole different community of people there. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is where it's like, over here nobody charge you, but you know you can do whatever you yeah. want, anytime yeah. you want, yeah. and things like that. So it was easy for me to just do all this. So you go to another community. Mm-hmm. I know, I know, I know, I know. With with your story, how many do you? If if I can ask, how many DUIs do you have? You had so far? I ended up having three DUIs within five years. So the third one became a felony. Oh, so now you have the first one. It's put you on spiral. Mm. Second, what's the time difference between the first and the second one? Uh I was I was I was sober for a while, um, maybe about. Two or three years. Mm-hmm. Oh, you were sober for three I years. Was, I wasn't drinking because I was scared. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but after a while, I was like, oh, that wasn't that bad. Mm-hmm. You know, I started drinking again. Then I got a second DUI. Mm-hmm. And I, once I got that one, it, it so happened that uh, it was in Enpin County. Mm-hmm. When I was taken to jail, the jails were so full. Mm-hmm. They let me out the next morning, mm-hmm. like three in the morning. Mm-hmm. And I was still drunk. I went to pick up my car and I got another DUI. Wow. The very same literally day. Literally the next day. So. Wow. Yeah. And that's the one that constituted the felony. And, and that's a felony because yeah. it was within five years. Yeah. So yeah. If, right now I think the law is if you get three within five years, the third one is a felony. If you get four within 10 years, the fourth one is a felony. Mm. So now in a span of less than five years, you ha- you have a felony. Right. You have DUI, you have this, you have a felony. At 20. At around 23. 20, around 23. 23. Wow. 
full of energy young man promising sent to this country by you know single mother you know a uh, success story for the family living the dream in the US but you see where the dream takes 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 yeah. him mm-hmm. so i i we're starting to wind up because the juice has not even got in there we have yeah. we, because part 2 we, we get to the story where you ended up spending and doing time in prison right kenan what do you have to say what are you hearing so before we bring duncan in as as we start wrapping up I, on this I'm, part i'm 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 listening to the, uh, duncan and I'm, i'm saying he's he has a he has a life that is i don't want to use the word confused mm-hmm. but it's it's all over the place mm-hmm. wow. there's not a point where you've had that you've settled mm-hmm. and you can address you can get a job get a steady job and you know f- your life is on a on a linear kind of it's like it's all over the place you're mm-hmm. figuring out yourself you've you've dropped out of school you're drinking in Kenya you come here there's not a stable place for you so it's not you didn't get a a, a, a solid footing mm-hmm. so all oh, your life is just you're going up and now you're 23 you're you haven't you're not you're not an you're you're an adult legally but your thinking is still as a Growing. child and then you have 3 DUIs so I'm, you didn't get a fair chance to 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 get your your footing solid that's what I, that's what i'm Th- that's I'm what you hear yeah. i think one of the things that i'm hearing and i want to speak to anyone who's listening especially the younger folks who are listening out here is that uh, I, i like what dan can say dan can say that you make the first choice to drink yeah but after a while you don't have the ability to make that choice no. the body makes the choice for you yeah. you know the friends make the choice for you the circumstances make the choice for you and i think that you know um as 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 everyone we, we will always have the power to make that first crucial choice yeah. like even in whatever circumstances that yeah. we are in right the choice to remove yourself from the community of people that even though they were not family but go to another community right. you know that that gets you to spiral then can what what would you what would you say now that you look back and you say that okay what goes into your mind when you have the third dui it's a felony Just take us through that and then we'll do the parting shots as we build on the second part two. So basically uh once you get a felony unfortunately in most states and Minnesota is one of them when you have a felony you literally changes your life. Mm-hmm. Now you are limited to what you can do and what you can't do. Mm-hmm. So there are a number of things as uh, having a felony it affects like even housing mm-hmm. um So this place at this point do you have your own place are you staying by yourself what yeah, is this but then I was staying with an ex girlfriend okay uh, but still so with having that felony mm-hmm. after you know the lease was up I wasn't even able to renew the lease mm-hmm. in that same apartment that I've mm-hmm. been staying for a while oh because they do not rent felonies and they don't care what kind of felonies mm-hmm. it is. so once you have a felony you're limited where you can live mm-hmm. Uh, where you can work yep. mm-hmm. and things like that. Some jobs they don't hire felonies. Period. Mm-hmm. And some jobs you can look at it case by case. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like Kenan said, after that, it literally changed my life dramatically mm-hmm. to like a whole different. Now I had to think differently mm-hmm. because now I have a felony. Mm-hmm. But then it's like I still. Um, somehow i survived mm-hmm. you know and then you know so i was uh, i was given what they call a downward departure mm-hmm. where you basically sentenced to prison mm-hmm. but you don't get to do the time right away mm-hmm. you um they have some of the where they can reduce time and you do some and not mm-hmm. some but this time i was um uh, given a ch- another chance to just 
instead of going to prison for say 48 months mm-hmm. we're going to put 48 months iron on your head in case you violate any way you'll go to prison then mm-hmm. and do that 48 months so i was basically put back on probation with that time mm-hmm. held against me mm-hmm. how how much time 48 months 48 months okay right. um and then i had to do with the DUI you got to do five years of pro, pro, probation parole um before you can get you uh, off so case. so for someone who's listening as we're winding up here is you now have a felony you are uh, uh, you, you are supposed to serve 48 months what did you call it under what yes <laughs> basically as time hanging over his head if he If Just you violate, violate it, you go. So yeah. does probation and the, the and the, this time go hand in hand? It's a form. It's a form of in a way. Yeah. So say if you do 48 months, so they say we are 48 months starts today. Mm. So that 48 months starts and then and then you're still on probation at okay. the okay. same time. So they con- they run concurrent. Yeah, they run so concurrent. So there you have it. Uh, 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 what, what a young man, man. You 23 know, years. 23 40, years. 48 months. My ma- that's a long time that's for a long 23 time. year old to be have man, are you looking at uh, So 23 years wow. DUI, three of them cannot rent. Felony cannot rent cannot work cannot can limited 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 employment right. work right you you're here by yourself and unfortunately can another story of someone who's listening to us yeah. or maybe that's the story that will become of someone who has not yet yeah. gone down that journey but the way their traje- mm. the trajectory they're heading with their life that's where they they're heading uh, so uh, again we want to bring you back Duncan talk to that young person yeah. when you have a felony what will you tell them or even a parent who was a, a you know a, pa- a young person or even an adult who's struggling you know in one year or another talk to them as we wind up this series then we get parting shots get ready for part two where it gets even well, more heated. one of uh, one of the things is like uh, I would I would I always tell people having a felony is not the end of your life mm-hmm. it's not because it's not but having a felony comes with its own struggles you have limitations to uh, you know certain number of things that are basics to other people but i've learned with time i can do certain things to make my life better from not being just a felony you know um cuz you get you know some like i said some people label you like oh you he's a felony like you looked at as in what you did mm-hmm. and not as a person but that's not the end of the world like you know i have a job today because i know some places do higher felonies depending on what the felony is but it's also like if you did um if you do some classes there's some classes they offer mm-hmm. and if you successfully complete your parole probation you can go back to the courts and request for um the court to seal your record or to remove your record basically that's what it is they can remove your record but if you successfully complete parole or probation and then go to the courts and show them that I've done a b c d and this felony on my record is holding me back say for example if you graduate from college and you have a degree in say social work and that's what you really passionate about and that's what you want to do and you cannot get a job in some fields if you have 
felon because you're dealing with people you're going into mm-hmm. their homes yeah. they want to be able to trust that somebody who's coming yeah. into our homes is yeah. not a criminal mm-hmm. uh, but some people look at people that oh he got a felon he's a criminal you know they don't care what felon it is yeah. but so if you go to court and show some good things you've done mm-hmm. with your life from the time you got a, a felony to now say whatever period of yeah. time you're on parole mm-hmm. the court can seal that part of your life mm-hmm. where it doesn't show up when somebody's doing a background check but if you go you know you still limited some jobs like if okay. you want to do like fbi and so things like that <laughs> they, they can they can still I, see I, it. I i I, w- I want i want us to bring this juice in the second part right i think because uh, it's bringing a very good aspect. bring a, a very legal good aspect, aspect yeah. legal aspect so I, I think when we close the second part we'll begin for we will do that legal aspect because you may be down but yeah, you're not out right, right? right if you're down you've been there you may be down but you're not out stay safe stay put let's have this conversation join us as as we build on this we're going to spend time on the legal aspect in part two because that has helped you so far and Duncan he's come up back again mm. and he's doing his thing so uh, we just want to finish there for today but we want to tell you next week you don't want to miss as we miss. go now the whole story how Duncan ends up and finds himself in the streets homeless completely wow. and where does life take him from there thank you so much that has been Amazing Truth podcast uh, part what but season two episode. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that has been Thank you for our joining time us. today. Yes. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Amazing Truth Podcast. We hope you were blessed as you listened. Don't forget to share, like, and subscribe. God bless you, and see you on the next one. <laughs>